I'm familiar with the funnel of, you know, email list to email sequence to sales call. And I feel like in interior design, you don't have to do that. A lot of the leads are coming in hot. And my conversion rate is pretty high, as you mentioned earlier, just because clients, they already know that they want to hire someone and they're coming pretty much pre-qualified. Yeah. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Candice Prather, welcome to Work Less, Earn More. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's so good to have you here. And I'm really interested to learn more about your business and to get into this conversation today because this is quite different from the sort of interview I typically do. Most of the time here on Work Less, Earn More, I'm interviewing people who work in business and marketing. However, you do not. You are an (laughs) interior designer. Is that correct? That's correct. (laughs) And so right now the listeners might be wondering, why would Gillian have an interior designer on the show. And the reason for this is because I want to learn more about how your business model works because you have a business model that is a little bit unconventional. So I want to dive in today to find out exactly how your business makes money because Mm -hmm. this isn't something that would just apply to interior design. This could be used in many different industries. So to get started, can you tell us a little bit about your business, what it does, and the value that you provide to your clients and the services that you offer? We are a residential interior design firm serving the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. We have two service offerings, so we do traditional full-service interior design, and we also do e-design. And we usually work with new homeowners of new build, uh, so new construction homes. And we're really just providing them with a place to land. Like we work with busy executives and, you know, they have really hectic schedules. And so just not just a pretty space, but also a place to land. That's the end of a long day, really. Can you tell me a little bit more about these two different services that you offer and how each of them works? Full service is, is what you think of when you think of interior designer, where we go out to the home, we do photos, measurements, we design a space and we implement it. Um, we, we order all of the furnishings and then, you know, my team and I come in and we set everything up. So it's, it's exactly as you think of interior design. E-design um, is a similar process, but everything is done virtually. So we never actually step foot into the client's home. They provide all of the photos and measurements. We take those and develop it into a design concept. And then the client is responsible for implementing that design. So obviously one of these services, it's a much more high-end premium type offering, right? Yes. And so do you work with typically the same type of client for each service or do you see very different kind of like client avatars for your two different services? I do. I I feel that the client who's going to hire us to do it all is not the client that's willing to kind of roll up their sleeves and get in and do the work. Our full service clients are more um, professional So they're more like lawyers and um, doctors and and things of that nature. Our other ones, you know, still professional, right? But just certainly different in that they are usually working with a smaller budget. They usually have um, like resources available and the time really to be able to do a lot of the stuff themselves. And so I feel like those are really the differentiators. It's usually budget and then just time constraints. 
How do you market your business to attract these two different types of clients? Do you use different marketing strategies for each of them? So, uh, no, not really. So basically, a lot of our business is through word of mouth and referrals. Um, and we also use a platform called Thumbtack. And so Thumbtack does a great job of doing all of their own marketing. And so it's like a marketplace um, for home professionals where a client can go in and make a request and it's sent out to like different vendors and then you can bid on it um, from there. So, yeah. And it actually attracts both. I'm surprised, but it does. It does both. When you say that you get a lot of word of mouth, is that most of the clients that you get come from word of mouth? Are you using any social media at all? So I do use Instagram, um, but I would say that majority of our clients come through this platform. So Thumbtack and then um, just word of mouth referrals. How did you originally find Thumbtack and decide to start using that? I used to be a wedding planner in another life. <laughs> and so I was familiar with the platform as a wedding planner. And so, yeah, it just made sense when I transitioned into interior design to continue to use it. What this reminds me of is in a former life, I was a piano teacher and I ran a music studio. Okay. And when I was looking to expand my studio, I you know tried a few different marketing strategies and my options were limited because I didn't have much of a budget for advertising. And so I just thought, like, let's do this as practically as possible. If I was a parent looking for piano lessons for my child, where would I go? And my first thought was, well, I would Google it. Right. So I thought, I'll do that and I'll see what happens. So I Googled piano teachers in my area. And then surprisingly, I found that one of the top results was a website that was a, a listing website, kind of similar to Thumbtack really, but a listing website for music teachers. And the second top result was Craigslist. And I oh, never wow. would have thought about finding a piano teacher on Craigslist. Um, and it wasn't a place I was thinking to advertise. But when I saw that those were the top two listings, I thought, how can I get listed in those? And so it turned out that the top result, that piano teacher listing website, that was something where you could pay an annual subscription fee to get listed on the website. So I could do that. And it was really affordable. And then and obviously Craigslist, you can post for free. And so just by kind of going through the process that I imagined my target customer going through, I was able to get listed where I would get found. And it sounds really similar to what you're doing with Thumbtack, where you are in the right spot where your customers are actually looking for you. So rather than focusing on maybe a social media platform and trying to build your audience, you've just put yourself exactly where a customer would look for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And leads are like $30, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, for you know, lead. And like I say, when I'm converting on the back end at a minimum of 35, it just makes, you know, sense all day long to do that. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And so I think that that's a, the first lesson from this episode is that you need to be in the right spot for your customers to find you rather than just looking at what other people are doing. Maybe maybe you're on Instagram, scrolling on Instagram, and then you see these brands that are so big on Instagram and you think, oh, that's what they did to get big. That's what they did to attract most of their clients. But really, that might not be the place that they are getting their customers. So you need to be really practical about where you're going to find your customers. Absolutely. I think people think of interior design and they think of Instagram because it's very visual. They think of Pinterest because that's where most people go for ideas. But I haven't found a lot of success in terms of conversions on those platforms. I know what converts yeah. is, you know, someone reaching out to me via email or on that platform, uh, Thumbtack. That's interesting. And I also think it's a huge testimony for you to say that 
being an interior designer yourself. And people would think that an interior designer would be the prime person, the prime business mm -hmm. to get customers via Instagram and via Pinterest, more, more so than most other types of businesses really. And yet mm -hmm. even you, you're getting most of your clients from a completely different source. Yep. That's huge. So when you are thinking about attracting your target customer on Thumbtack or anything that you do to encourage word of mouth, how specific are you with who you're trying to attract? Do you cast a pretty wide net, kind of like anyone who wants to hire you? Or do you have a specific person in mind? How narrow do you get with that? So I have a specific person, like I said, um, in the opening is that we work with new homeowners of new builds, so new construction homes. And so that's very specific. <laughs> um, uh -huh. And so um, I don't. So it, even in my copy um, on Thumbtack and even on my website, um, it's speaking to that person about how they've just moved into this new home and all of their furniture from their old place doesn't work in their new place. And so you know, they go out, they shop and nothing seems to work. And so that's kind of where I come in. So I'm targeting a very specific audience. And does that go for both your full service services, done for you services, and also for your e-consulting? Yes. Okay. So you're pretty specific about that. Um, and then when you're starting to attract these leads via Thumbtack, via your website, maybe via word of mouth, once mm -hmm. you get a lead, how does that lead normally come to you? It's normally you... I suppose with Thumbtack, you probably have a message from them. Yes. What does your process look like for converting your leads into paying customers? I will send a canned response email to the client directing them to uh, fill out a questionnaire that's on my website. It's kind of twofold. It gives them a chance to kind of take a look around to see the portfolio if they haven't seen it um, via Thumbtack. And so they fill out this questionnaire. And then I have an automated system through Dubsado that sends them a link to book a call with me. Um, and so they book a call and then it's usually done just via sale call. Okay, can I get really real with you about something for a minute here? I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks you should be able to learn how to grow your business without spending thousands of dollars on bloated training. Seriously, there's no reason it needs to be as expensive as a lot of online courses are. That's why I don't offer really pricey coaching. I want to teach real people how to build really profitable businesses at a price that actually makes sense. So I asked myself, how can I connect with you in a really personal way, teach you everything you need to know to grow your business and help you actually do it? And how can I guarantee this won't cost an arm and a leg? Asking myself those questions four years ago is how I came up with the idea for Startup Society, the program I wish had existed when I was struggling to get my online business off the ground. So if you're a freelancer, a coach, or a course creator, and you want my guidance, plus the support of my own team to build your business, then Startup Society is for you. Just head to startupsociety.com to learn more and find out when enrollment next opens. I can't wait to meet you, show you the ropes, and guide you to start growing your business a whole lot faster. Startupsociety.com. Building an online business doesn't have to be so complicated. 
Something that I noticed that's different about your business model from what we often see online is with a lot of online businesses, especially there's this process that we go through to try to attract leads and convert them into customers. And it looks like getting them to join our email list to get free information and then eventually convincing them to buy a product. Whereas in your case, your leads are coming to you much hotter, much closer to being ready to buy. They're reaching out to you because they're interested in working with you, not just to get free information most of the time. Right. Absolutely. And I've thought about that, you know, um, because, I, again, I used to do wedding planning, used to do business. I've, I've done a lot. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, I'm familiar with the, the funnel of, you know, email list uh, to um, email sequence to sales call. And I feel like in interior design, you don't have to do that. Like you say, a lot of the leads are coming in hot. And so that questionnaire kind of, um, you know, sets the tone for the conversation because I'm asking what services are you interested in? I'm also um, giving them kind of a price point in terms of what budget they need to have and things like that. So when they come to the call, um, they're already like, they already have that information. And so, yeah, it's just a matter of like, they know they're going to hire someone. It's just like, who am I going to hire? Is it going to be you? Yes. Yes. And so on the one hand, obviously, that would mean that you probably get fewer leads than if you were just putting out tons of free resources, right? Because you don't have all those people who just want the free stuff. But on the other hand, it means that you're converting a much higher percentage of the leads that you do get. Absolutely. And again, just I think it's an important thing for people to think about when they're thinking about their business model. You don't have to do things the way you see everyone else doing them. And sometimes being more straightforward, more practical about it. So again, putting yourself where the customers are and then asking people if they want to hire you rather than just handing them lots of freebies can work really well. So when we're thinking about these leads that are coming in and you converting them into paying customers and the numbers there, how many customers or clients are you typically working with at any one time? And how long do you keep working with them? It depends upon the level of service. So a full service project can run anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks to a full year. It just depends on if it's a, a single room or if it's a whole house project. E-Design is pretty straightforward. It's more like a productized service. So it's eight weeks from start to finish. And that's it. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. so in terms of numbers, we typically take on uh, two new clients per month. So uh, projects are spaced out um, every two weeks is our start date on a Monday. Um, and we we have, <laughs> I hate to admit it, like we have had at one point like 16 clients. And that's just with, you know, COVID and the pandemic and all of the overlay in terms of like items being delayed. But on average, we're working with about five clients. So how many new clients do you need to or want to attract per month? Usually just two. Yeah. So we have two projects start today. So yeah, two clients. Yeah. I see. So you're just starting one new client at a time every two weeks? Yes. Mm -hmm. I see. So you really don't even need very many leads at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And my conversion rate is pretty, you know, um, high, as you mentioned earlier, um, just because clients are already like they already know that they want to hire someone and they're, yeah they're coming pretty much pre-qualified. Yeah. Yeah. And so that really means that for you to spend your time working on building an audience on social media wouldn't really benefit your business much. Not at all. (laughs) And it would mostly just be a time suck. Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. So let's move on to talking about a few numbers as far as your business's income and output. How much does your business cost you to run? And what are some of your biggest expenses? 
our biggest expense is, of course, payroll. I have a team of two. And so that's, you know, the majority of our expenses. I'm averaging probably about maybe 15000 per month with the salaries and just other operating expenses. So you mentioned that you have two people on your team. How do those people support you? What do they do for you? Sure. So I have a project manager who um, more so serves in an administrative role. And what her job is, is to do all of the client communications. She is the liaison between the client and the contractor. She does all of the ordering for clients. So anything administrative, that's what she does. And then I also have another designer on my team that helps me with um, developing design concepts, 2D floor plans, elevations, construction documents, etc. So what are some of the main activities that you do that impact your customer's revenue? So what I mean by this is what are some things that the more you do them or the better you do them, the more money you make? So it's furniture sales, actually. Um, so for pool service, we do the design concept. And so we we charge a flat fee for that design concept. And then on the back end, we also make a sales on the furniture, um, a percentage um, of the furniture. So we buy it wholesale and sell it retail. Um, and so that is really what, you know, kind of drives our, our bottom line is um, those furniture sales. Yeah. And that's maybe not what most people would expect. You know, most people might right. think what you might be spending money on advertising and that could generate the most new money for your business. But to have it be actually just kind of an add on product is really interesting. Absolutely. Okay. And then I'm curious to know which tasks you do in your business that take the largest amount of your time? Uh, so it would be furniture sourcing. Um, you know, that's the bulk of what we do. And so, um, yeah, and it's and it's tied to revenue. So, of course, you want to be strategic mm -hmm. about that and just making sure that, one, you're going to your trade sources because with eDesign, it is um, just you're shopping retail. So like West Dome CB2, but for um full service, you are going to actual trade vendors. And so you want to make sure that you are, you know, getting the best, you know, price <laughs> for the item that you're purchasing so that you can resell it with a higher markup. Yeah, absolutely. And how cool <laughs> that your highest demand activity, the thing that takes the most of your time is also the thing that makes you the most money. Absolutely. <laughs> so I don't mind it at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing that that's also something you probably enjoy. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's great. And so then to wrap this up, as you're looking into the next few years ahead, what are some ways you would like to see your business change or how would you like to scale your business? So um, with full service, as you can imagine, it it's it's the most it's the most profitable side of the business in that you, you I can charge for the design fee as well as the furniture markup, but it also is the most time consuming. So when I think about freedom and you know what your podcast is about, you know working less, right? I think that moving more and, and just scalability, it almost makes sense to move more to e-design, um, which is a flat fee. It's like a productized service, and then leveraging that in the same sense of like doing like a um, through a platform like Side Door, which um, basically designers can sell furniture, they'll get a percentage of that. So still being able to get some markup on the furniture, um, but with eDesign, not having to do all of the work <laughs> that comes with it. So like all of the setup and things like that. So I think that is where I'm moving towards is maybe moving to um, making eDesign feel like it's a higher end service, like my full service, but it's more leveraged in terms of, you know, just my time and, and things like that. Are you interested in expanding your team further and delegating some of your work to be able to take on more clients at a time? Or are you strategically and intentionally not doing that? 
So I am. So I I, am, I envision having other designers that um, I can assign like projects to like this is your project, this is your project. And I'm just re- I'm in a role where I'm just doing more of the review. I'm just re- reviewing the work before it goes out to the client. So what do you think is the next step for your business, Candice? Um, it's really, it's just expanding my team and just really, um, you know, simplifying our product offering. So do you have any final words that you would like to share with listeners who are maybe interested in trying a hybrid business model like this? Maybe they have a product right now, or they have a service that is a high ticket service and they're interested in productizing their service to make it more accessible and more scalable. (laughs) I mean, I really feel like that's, that's where the, um, the industry is headed, if I'm if I'm honest. I think that a lot of people are getting away from the custom design or custom work where every every with every client things are different. And so I think I'm finding that one thing um, that you're really good at and that people are willing to pay you for <laughs> should really be the focus and, and and building a business model that you know that supports that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Candice, so much for everything that you shared with us today. It was so interesting to learn more about how your business model works, how it's different from what we so often see online. So thank you for your openness and your generosity with sharing with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.